Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, April 10, 2023. It's about 3.35 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Phil Giraldi, who just came back from Europe, uh, joins us now. Phil, always a pleasure. Uh, Welcome here. It it may have been while you were uh, gone. I don't know if you were already back, but twice last week, once on Tuesday and once on Good Friday afternoon, just three days ago, Uh, Someone who apparently did have lawful access uh, to top secret, no foreign, you can explain what that is in a minute, uh, documents evaluating the relative strength of Russian forces versus the relative uh, strength of Ukrainian forces, released these documents by posting them uh, on an Internet website. Apparently they had been posted a while ago, but the press didn't get wind of it. Uh, until Tuesday, and then again, another batch on Friday. It would seem to me that this, uh, the information in these documents, which you can explain better than I, which apparently evaluated the relative strength of Ukrainian forces versus uh, Russian forces, is some some of the highest protected uh, top secrets that we have. If the documents were true, they also seem to reveal that uh, Secretary of State Blinken, Secretary of Defense Austin, and Chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Milley, this is almost shades of the Pentagon Papers, Phil, were not being true to the American public. What are your thoughts? How could this have happened? Who could have leaked it? Who would have had these things? Well, part of the problem is where we, the public, are not really seeing a lot of what the media is playing with on this and what the Pentagon has been describing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you've been seeing, but these are photographs of documents that, may, to me, look kind of like PowerPoint briefings. So they cover a lot of turf. They have uh, information on China. They have information on uh, what's going on in Ukraine. And it's all kind of snapshot information, uh, numbers of casualties, uh, weapons received, weapons needed, uh, policies going forward in certain areas. And interestingly enough, there, it, it has indications that the U.S. has been spying on people like Zelensky to make sure that uh, what they're hearing from him and his advisors is, is actually true. Uh, so there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things that come up. And the Pentagon has confirmed that these documents are authentic. They're photographs of documents. Uh, the detail is not very good if you try to look at it and figure it out yourself. And there's a lot of contradictory information coming out in terms of uh, people inside the government and uh, and elsewhere about what they think it all means. What does top secret no foreign mean? 
Well, top secret, of course, is uh, explains itself. It's the top basic uh, security category. Top secret is usually uh, defined as something that will do damage uh, and indeed serious damage to American national security. No foreign means no foreigners. It's short for no foreigners, which means this is information considered to be so sensitive that it's not shared with foreign nations. And so when you see a no foreign document, that implies that the person who leaked it was an American official uh, because a, a, a foreign officer would not have had access to it. So, so somebody, somebody, committed, somebody committed a felony in the interest of exposing uh, American duplicity to the public. Fair to say? In part, that would certainly be the case. Uh, I'm, I'm also suspecting that we might be seeing a Snowden-type case where you have someone who is very personally uh, concerned about U.S. policy uh, and who is using this to basically discredit um, some of the foreign and, and military policies that are that are currently being pursued. Um, I, I have that suspicion, and I know a lot of other people that um, follow this very closely are, are thinking the same sort of thing. This what, is, what uh, gives you what gives you that suspicion, Phil, that this is someone in the government, in the American government? ideologically or morally or legally or constitutionally put in any adverb that is appropriate opposed to American military involvement in the war in Ukraine? Well, I get that impression because apparently several of the documents refer to the fact that uh, the judgment clearly coming from inside the Pentagon is that this war is going to drag on. There were there were several references to the fighting to to continue uh, at a high level all the way through 2023. And of course, we've also heard that there are people all the way up to the uh, level of the Secretary of Defense who are concerned that this uh, this war might be unwinnable and it might be time to start thinking about negotiations. Well, the Secretary of Defense is on record. And maybe this is maybe this is frivolous in the world today. I don't know. I'll say it anyway. The Secretary of Defense is on record of having stated under oath to Senator Roger Wicker of the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee that he believes that Ukraine will win this war. But if you look at the materials that were leaked, it's clear that he knows, not believes, knows that Ukraine can't win. Should I be surprised at that? <laughs> no, I think that's general operating procedure. Uh, he's going to say one thing that he has to say for his political masters in the White House, and what he actually believes is something quite different. And that's what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that there is a probably a strong undercurrent in the Pentagon and in, in CIA probably too. Of In, in fact, I, I know that. Um, that this war is basically in its current um, makeup unwinnable in any real way. So one of the documents... It's hard to tell how many pages there are because you're right. It's not. It's not clear. It almost looks like um, someone took pictures, folded it, put them in a pocket, took them home, opened them up, and took a picture again. And that's what was revealed. You can almost see the lines of the creases 
where something shows that they had been folded to pocket size, but one of the documents shows in a given period, 71,500 Ukrainian military casualties, 16,000 Russian. 71,000 to 16,000. These are deaths. This is kill ratio. Now, that's an extraordinary uh, kill ratio, which you never heard from the American government, and which if Lloyd Austin knew about, and he must have, as the Secretary of Defense, he could not have told the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee Ukraine's going to win with intellectual honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And and there have been some claims that the the numbers were somehow altered. Now, I can't, I don't even understand what that's supposed to mean. On one hand, they're saying that the documents are authentic, and then they're saying, oh, the numbers are altered, and then if you look at the documents insofar as we've been allowed to see them, uh, as I say, these look like PowerPoints or something similar to that. Yeah. And, and, and how do you alter the number on a PowerPoint? All right. Uh, I, don't get, I don't get this. This is a, this is a lot of uh, cover my ass going on. All right. So educate us a little bit. If, if the um, Central Intelligence Agency or their, their colleagues in the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, get raw data from somebody in the field. Obviously, that raw data, the document on which the raw data is printed, is top secret, no foreign. No, no, don't show it to any foreign uh, agents, even those that are our allies. If you take the, the data from that and put it up on a, on a flat screen, and then take a picture of the flat screen. Is that picture also top secret, no foreign, even though what's on the flat screen is a summary made by someone's judgment call of what was on the raw data? Am I right? Well, well you're right. As long as the document is, is labeled top and bottom, top secret, no foreign, it's top, top secret, no foreign. And, and no, no matter what you do to manipulate it, okay. uh, it's still top secret, no foreign. Would, so the, that's, that's would the Ukraine intel be surprised to know that CIA is spying on President Zelensky and his senior advisors? Well, they should not have been surprised to know that. The United States uh, spies on all its allies. When I was um, in the CIA working in Europe, we spied on the Germans, we spied on the Italians, we spied on the Spaniards, we spied on the British. We spied on everybody. It's it's uh, uh, in the intelligence world. You don't really uh, trust everyone a hundred percent. Do we spy on the Mossad, the the Israeli spy agency? Well, this document would seem to indicate that we do. I, I would assume we do. I would have always assumed we do. But the fact is, they are citing a specific instance of Mossad encouraging its supporters and 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 members. Uh, to join the um, demonstrations against Netanyahu. Again, again, um, uh, no surprise there. Uh, while this uh, is going on, uh, the president of France uh, flew yesterday and today. It's hard to say what day of the week it was because of the change in time zones uh, from Beijing uh, to Paris. And while on his presidential jet held a small press conference at which he said the United States is not going to be, he didn't use this word, I'll use it, excuse me, 
Europe is not going to be the poodle to the United States anymore. They're not going to tell us what to do. Europe is a superpower. The U.S. is a superpower. China is and Russia is. We're not listening to the U.S. anymore. Surprised to hear that or about time? Well, I think that's uh, indicative of of a much broader shift that's going on. um, Macron foresees a Europe which is like a... uh, a third power in the world that uh, it united uh, with its military capability and economic capability would be a third power. And there was another interesting thing he alluded to in his comments. He he alluded to the fact that the United States dominates through the dollar. Now, this is something that we are hearing from, obviously, Chinese, Indians, uh, Brazilians, uh, all of, uh, and, and of course, the Russians all of whom are looking for a multipolar financial world in which the dollar will no longer be a dominant uh, force. So uh, Macron was coming out with that. So he's obviously kind of um, playing on the fringes of that, uh, that concept. As he was uh, leaving Beijing, I guess they let him get far away before this happened, several hundred Chinese military jets circled around um, Taiwan as if to send some kind of a message to Taiwan, not to President Macron, but to his buddy, uh, Joe Biden. Does Biden get a message like this or does this animate Biden, who we know wants to run for re-election as a wartime president, into stupidly thinking that we could fight two wars, one in Ukraine and one in Taiwan? Well, I'm afraid he does stupidly take that. Um, And of course, uh, one of the things to bear in mind about a war against China, um, you are not fighting with a bunch of um, quite the same European allies who sit right on Russia's doorstep. You're you're fighting from bases that are located distance away, and China is fighting on interior lines, and we all know what that means. Here's um, Admiral Kirby, who was brought up during one of the White House press uh, briefings, uh, to talk about what was going on over Taiwan. The uh, questioner is the Fox News deputy White House correspondent who is asking um, Admiral Kirby, why doesn't uh, the president just call up President Xi of China and say, cut this out? Watch the question, hear the answer. Uh, the tension between China and Taiwan. We know the president can pick up the phone anytime and call President Xi. We've been told that this call is coming for months. Why hasn't he just picked up the phone and called President Xi to say, knock it off? The president looks forward to having another conversation with President Xi. Um, and we'll do that at the appropriate time. I certainly give rise to that. Uh, it's important that those lines of communication stay open. Um, uh, the tensions are certainly high uh, right now. Uh, we like to see this relationship get onto a better footing. Uh, and when it's appropriate for the two leaders to talk, then, then that'll happen. That was, of course, Admiral Kirby in the White House uh, press room, uh, even though it was a Fox reporter that asked the question. Uh, the courtesy for the uh, clip uh, goes to Forbes magazine, whose uh, internet streaming service was the first uh, to get it out there. You know, again, what the heck did Admiral Kirby say that is newsworthy? Nothing. It's newsworthy that he tries to answer without being newsworthy uh, at all. 
Well, he also contradicted himself. He said that uh, it's important to keep the channels open, and then he says we're not going to do anything. Right, right. So, so, so where what, do you go from there? What channels, what channels are being kept open? Let me ask you this. Would the CIA have known in advance and advised the president in advance that China was going to start circling Taiwan with a few hundred uh, fighter jets? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure what the technical capabilities are. Uh, that kind of operation would require some preparation, which would require uh, um, SIGINT, ELINT, various kinds of uh, electronic and, and verbal transmissions. I don't know to what extent they, uh, they have the capability to pick all that stuff up. I would suspect they do, but they might not have drawn the right conclusions. I think China was sending as much of a message, correct me if you think I'm wrong, uh, to uh, the United States as it was to uh, Taiwan. Look what we can assemble over Taiwan mm. in about 15 minutes. You're 10,000 miles away. How the hell do you think you can get this kind of firepower here in enough time to resist us? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're correct. Uh, and and it, But it, to me, the ultimate question is... Well, what is our national interest in in doing any of this stuff? Why are we Why are we uh, thinking that it's a national interest? What China's relationship with Taiwan is, which we have already conceded, uh, Taiwan to be a part of China. This is I mean, this is insanity. I guess uh, Joe Biden's national interest is in in his own mind in getting reelected, uh, even though he doesn't seem to care about who might die at his command in Ukraine and maybe in Taiwan, I hope to the mother of God, I'm wrong. Um, as a, as a result of that, uh, of that wish, it's clear he wants to be a wartime president. It's clear that Admiral Kirby will speak out of both sides of his mouth. It's clear that former four-star general and now secretary of defense Austin will speak out of both sides of his mouth. We haven't heard from the, uh, Secretary of State since these leaks um, these leaks came out. I just don't know where we go from here. Since we saw you last, the president uh, released 2.8 billion with a B uh, more equipment to Ukraine. So we're now up to above 60 billion of the 113 billion dollar blank check uh, that Congress uh, gave him. You were just in Europe. Is there any finger on the pulse that you had while you were there about how Europeans hear about it. I know I was supposed to give a lecture at the University of Zurich Law School. Zurich, of course, is in Sweden. Excuse me, in Switzerland. Safely neutral, protected by the Alps, not involved in this uh, at all. They keep postponing the lecture. It's not because of me. Uh, it's because people are afraid to come out at night. Yeah, well, you know, it was a mixed experience being in Eastern Europe uh, for me over the last uh, three weeks. Um, what what kind of surprised me was the fact as I found that there was a, a pretty high measure of support for fighting Russia. And the reason why that wow. this, in my mind, this finally emerged was the fact that these are people who were liberated from communism about 30 years ago. So they remember what it was like, and they are now prosperous and and uh, relatively free, and they really kind of think of Russia as um, 
as, as, as a threat to go back to the old ways, to the old systems. And this is very deeply in their heads. And uh, so I was about, I was quite surprised about that. I have an article. They, they, think that, they think that President Putin, who's more uh, intellectually honest publicly than President Biden is, who recaptured Crimea, which was part of Russia going back to 1730, long before the colonies uh, seceded from uh, Great Britain, they think that he's more of a threat to them than Joe Biden causing World War III and sucking NATO into it. Yeah, that's the odd thing. I mean, to me, they're, they're, they're thinking in short terms and they're thinking in, in, in very narrow ways about this kind of thing. Nobody has any respect for Biden. That's not the issue. But the, the question is that Putin is a, is a kind of real player. And uh, they do not want any kind of suggestion that they're heading back to where they were 30 years ago. And that's a, that's a, I, I argue with them. It's a wrong assumption on their part. And it's, a, it's not even a practical assumption. But the fact is, it's in their heads. Here's uh, President Zelensky uh, just over the weekend. Now, you'll hear a translator, and the translation is a little odd. It, it's almost as if a computer is translating. If it's a person, it's, it's a very, very cold and stultifying way to speak. But it's President Putin, or excuse me, President Zelensky, you'll see him speaking his native tongue. You'll hear the translation, and his goal will not surprise you, Phil. The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea, when there is freedom there, just like everywhere else in Ukraine. Let's play it one more time, Gary. The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea, when there is freedom there, just like everywhere else in Ukraine. Sounds like a statement was written by Victoria Nuland. We will only have uh, peace and order when the Ukrainian flag is flying over Crimea. Why would he be saying something as outrageous and militarily unattainable as that? Well, because he's trying to move the stakes forward and, um, and somehow uh, create a commitment beyond what is already on the table uh, to continue this war. And I think he's, uh, of course, delusional, but um, clearly uh, in the head of himself and his advisors, this is the way he's playing the game. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it certainly will not benefit any of his neighbors, and it will certainly not benefit the United States if this continues to go on. Uh, Phil uh, Giraldi, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll have you back again soon. We missed you while you are away. Glad you had a great trip. If you like what you just saw and heard, my friends, like and subscribe. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.